Well, good morning. My name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is August the 26th, and we are continuing to work our way through the book of Acts together. Today we're going to pick up in Acts chapter number 17. Um, yesterday we looked at verses 1 through 3, so let's go ahead and read over those very quickly, and then we'll work our way as far as we can through the text. Uh, I've stopped telling people this is a 10 to 15 minute study. Uh, it's more of a 15 to 20 minute <laughs> study <laughs> every day. So uh, anyway, can't even get the introductions done in five to 10 minutes. Um, Acts chapter 17, uh, verse uh, number one. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbaths reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is the Christ. So, notice that, uh, once again, Paul goes straight to the synagogue. This never changes. He continues to do this. Um, every time he enters into a new city, we're going to see him um, down in, when he goes into Berea, he goes straight to the synagogue again. Um, and it says, as his manner was, which means he made a habit out of doing this. And his reason was to reason with them out of the scriptures. That means that Paul was trying to convince uh, them using the Old Testament scriptures. And this is something that um, I think that each of us should be able to do. And the only way for us to become efficient at it is just to do it. Um, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Um, I think uh, we need to challenge each other, and I encourage uh, folks to challenge me. Uh, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I used to think I did, but uh, not anymore. Um, even as I'm studying through, and of course, you know, as we're going through the book of Acts, and we're taking this, this mid-Acts approach, uh, there's just things I don't understand. Um, uh, you know, like we, you know, I've been going back and forth. I've read, uh, yesterday I was reading Grace Ambassadors. Um, I was, uh, reading, um, uh, the Brian, what's it called? The Brian Searchlight or whatever that was. Uh, I forget the name of it, but the Brian Bible Society, that's it. Um, and then I was looking at, um, you know, some of the commentators in regards to, when did or did Paul ever even preach the kingdom gospel? Uh, and there's some, like Grace Ambassadors, who say from Acts chapter 9, conversion, bam, from that point forth, he always preached a grace gospel. Um, I struggle with that one um, a little bit. And again, I've just, I'm 53 years old. Um, gone are the days. Um, of just believing something because somebody else said so, <laughs> those days are gone. 
Um, I want to see it in scripture for myself. I want to believe it myself. I want to embrace it myself. I want to see it in the text myself. Um, just uh, done with the assumptions. Uh, so anyway, I've been looking at that. And then I've looked at others who say no. You know, Paul initially did teach a kingdom uh, gospel, just like everybody else, and uh, continued to do so to the Jews um, throughout his ministry. Um, so we'll say no, he stopped preaching that as soon as he received the revelation of the mystery. But again, I mean, just iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Um, we just need each other to study, and I appreciate y'all's input in regards to what you see in the text as well. Um, but we'll just, um, we'll learn this together. Um, now notice what he was trying to do. It says that Paul, after his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbaths reasoned with them out of the scriptures. And what was he doing? He was opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered, risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is the Christ. So he was trying to convince them that. And bear in mind, he was speaking to Jews. That's who were at the synagogues. Uh, anybody else that would have been a Gentile in the synagogue would have been considered proselytes or maybe even curious onlookers. But bear in mind, we're a long way outside of Jerusalem at the moment. We're in a... We're... In a, we're... Um, we're uh, you know, this, these are predominantly Jews here. Um, so he's speaking to Jews who, like many in the church today, uh, believe that Jesus' ministry was a failure because it ended with the cross. Uh, they were blind or ignorant to the fact that the cross was very much a part of the plan. Uh, the cross had to happen for both Jew and Gentile. The cross had to happen for both both the kingdom and the grace gospel. The cross was a part of the plan. Um, plan A did not fail with the crucifixion. Uh, the crucifixion was the plan. <laughs> it had to happen. And Paul reasoned with them out of the scriptures that Christ must needs have suffered so that he could rise again from the dead. Um, so he did that by using the scriptures. And again, too many in the church today uh, see it the same way, and they review the rejection of the Messiah as the rejection of the kingdom. That's certainly the way that I've been taught, um, and thus we end up with an Acts 2 uh, birth of the church. We see the rejection of the Messiah by the crucifixion, resulting in the birth of the church in Acts chapter number 2. But if the truth be known... Uh, the kingdom was not offered in the Gospels. The kingdom could not have been offered in the Gospels. The kingdom could not have been legitimately offered until the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. So it couldn't have happened in the Gospels. So if it didn't happen in the Gospels, where did it happen? It had to have happened and at Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. That's why Peter was given the keys. What you bind will be bound and what you loose will be loosed. I mean, Peter was... And Peter used those keys in Acts chapter number 2. And notice that he did this for three Sabbath days. Um, I think that anyone who teaches the scriptures 
to others notice, know, knows that it just does not happen overnight. Um, they, you know, it just, it didn't happen for us overnight. Um, I mean, I've read passages of scripture. I've read commentaries on scripture for years and it just never clicked with me because I just wasn't at that point where I was ready or intellectually sometimes able to make it fit into what I already know. Um, so it just doesn't happen overnight. Paul invested in these, these, these people. It, it takes time to convince people using the scriptures as to the truth of the gospel. He spent three whole Sabbaths with these guys, reasoning with them out of the scripture, showing them that Christ must need suffer uh, for them. Um, for them. Um, notice, I believe, <clears throat> and this is what we were talking about, what did, and I can only look what's before me. Um, I mean, some would say, um, you know, um, that Paul here was preaching a kingdom gospel uh, to the Jewish believers in the synagogue. Um, they would say that uh, Paul still did not, was not fully aware of the postponement of the kingdom. So whether he was preaching the kingdom to the Jew or the, or the grace gospel to the Gentile, it was all going to culminate in the second coming of Christ and the establishment of the kingdom. Uh, he did not have the postponement in view at this time. Again, I mean, you know, I don't, Lord knows, I don't want to be the one to read in the scripture. Um, but I would definitely say that, that I believe Paul uh, had not really received the full revelation in regards to the postponement of the kingdom, that it really was not going to happen, that uh, the Jews, as you would later write in the book of Romans, were blinded. Um, and, you know, it had been postponed, and the gospel was going to the Gentiles, and the church age, the age of grace, had began, and it would culminate with the rapture of the church, and then God would turn back uh, to the Jew and fulfill Daniel's 70th week and the second coming, and then the establishment of the kingdom. I, I just don't think Paul totally understood that. I think as Paul came to these revelations, uh, he penned his epistles. You know, he, he penned Galatians, he penned first and second Corinthians, you know, he penned, you know, the book of Ephesians, you know, as, as he came to these, these revelations. Uh, notice in verse number four, and, and we're going to get down into chapter number 17. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you just a, one reason I see that maybe Paul was here preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And again, you know, just be open to it. And, and we'll all be open to the fact that maybe <clears throat> I'm seeing this wrong. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> Notice he says, <clears throat> and some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and the devout Greeks, a great multitude of the chief women, not a few. So in the end, it says some of them believed uh, what Paul was preaching, that Christ must needs have suffered. Uh, some of them believed that. And then they consorted. Um, and then when that word consorted um, comes into play in, in verse number four, I'll show you what I'm talking about here. Um, 
It's the word that literally means to cast lots with, to give a common lot to. Um, so in other words, it, it says they cast their lots with Paul and, and Silas. In other words, they, they were all in to what Paul was saying. So some of them believed, both Jews and Greeks. Um, that the word Greek there, um, let's see, and some of them believed, let's see, uh, verse number four, and some of them, let me get, <laughs> uh, consorted with Paul and Silas about Greeks. Um, notice it's Helene. Um, this is speaking of a, this is not an Hellenist like we talked about over in Acts chapter number six where it was literally greek speaking jews um this these this is these this hellas which is referring to non-jewish people so these would be um proselytes um that were follow proselyted into the jewish faith gentiles and they are believing what paul is presenting to them here so some of them believed and consorted, cast their lot with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few, were in agreement with Paul after he had reasoned for three Sabbaths in the synagogue. Now notice the rest of verse 5. But the Jews, <laughs> which believe not. So these are Jews that were unbelieving Jews. They were moved with envy. Um, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, they took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort and gathered a company and set all the city in an uproar. So again, here we go again. Uh, these unbelieving Jews, uh, they were moved with envy. Uh, can't just disagree and walk away. You know, like they used to say in church life, they got to run it or they'll ruin it. And that is exactly uh, what uh, they were doing. Uh, I have flashbacks of pastoring a church. Uh, they'll, they got to run it or they'll ruin it. I've been involved in churches where, you know, I've seen that. And of course, troublemakers are never content to go it alone. Oh, no. They got to take somebody with them. They always proceed to gather the discontented and the confused around them. Um, troublemakers are never content to go it alone. Uh, they're always going to bring somebody along with them. And the longer you let them stay there, the more they're going to gather. It's, it's like a cancer in the body. Um, you might as well... Like Barney Fife used to say, just nip it, nip it, nip it, because it's, it's going to spread, you know. Um, you know, so again, I'm having some flashbacks here. So, um, and notice that they were moved with envy. So instead of comparing scripture with scripture, they're just moved with fleshly jealousy against Paul and Silas. And in turn, they gathered unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And um, this means that these people were easy to influence of the baser sort. Uh, lewd speaks to the fact that they're 
given to 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 mischievousness. Uh, they're given to doing wrong because they are of the baser sort. Uh, it literally means they're ignorant. Uh, and certainly, uh, it's easy to manipulate um, ignorant people um, when they they just they don't know any better. Uh, they're given to it, and then you throw the sin in there. Nothing's more dangerous than sinful, ignorant people. And that's what they did. They gathered these sinful, ignorant uh, fellows around them and set all the city in an uproar against Paul and Silas. Uh, and then notice in verse number, the end of verse 5, and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason has received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. Uh, well, first of all, little is known about Jason. Uh, but he apparently was hosting Paul and Silas. At least that's what most see in the text, that, that they were staying at his home. Um, and, of course, that was guilt by association. Uh, he, he does seem to be mentioned in Romans chapter, one, uh, chapter 16, verse 21, Timotheus, my fellow worker, and Lucius and Jason. Uh, my kinsmen salute you, so... Um, whoever Jason was, he was all in, uh, and therefore they wanted to hold him accountable for Paul and Silas, for bringing him into the city. Um, what's interesting here is the accusation that they bring against Paul and Silas is that they have turned the world upside down and are come here also, <clears throat> The accusation is that of insurrection. Um, some would say uh, that this is proof that Paul was teaching a kingdom gospel. Um, because had he been teaching a grace gospel, which is a spiritual heavenly gospel, they would not have accused him of turning the world upside down and saying that there is another king. Uh, and as you and I both know, the kingdom gospel is an earthly, physical gospel that speaks of a king and a kingdom. So they're accusing him of insurrection. Uh, and again, some would say those who, who err on the side that Paul is indeed and continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom would say right there, see, I mean, how could they accuse him of insurrection if he was preaching a grace gospel? Uh, he had to have been teaching a king and a kingdom gospel here. And remember, the kingdom gospel is spoke of as future, physical, and fraternal. And it was promised to the Jews. So, and an insurrection, by definition... Uh, is an act or instance of revolting against a civil government or authority. Um, 
the grace gospel just doesn't teach that. Um, so, and bear in mind, I mean, that is the exact same thing that they accused Jesus of, who we know preached the kingdom. Um, in Luke 23, 2, and they began to accuse him saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Um, so again, he was accused of insurrection. Why? Because he spoke of a kingdom of which he is the king. So um, that, you know, that's a good argument in favor of the fact that uh, they were preaching a kingdom gospel here. Uh, the hypocrisy <laughs> of it is that while accusing Jesus of being an insurrectionist, uh, they asked the release of a known convicted insurrectionist by the name of Barabbas. So they were releasing one insurrectionist in favor of another insurrectionist. Um, in Luke 23, 18, and they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Uh, that word sedition there in verse number 18 uh, speaks of, or verse number 19, speaks of insurrection. Um, other translations like the NAS, uh, he was one who had been thrown into prison for a certain insurrection. So the hypocrisy of it all is they were trading one insurrectionist for another. Again, I just don't think, uh, at least, you know, the way I'm seeing this, that they could have accused him of this had he been simply preaching a grace gospel. So, um, and maybe they just misunderstood it, you know, as he's preaching about how the Christ must need suffered and been crucified and resurrection resurrected so that the kingdom could be offered. Uh, either way, what they walked away with was he is teaching things that are contrary to the decrees of Caesar. And he is saying that there is another king, one Jesus. So, so just something to think about. So um, we'll keep studying it together every day. And tomorrow we'll pick up in verses 8 and 9. God bless you. Good to see you this morning. Uh, brother, I hope that you're doing well. Um, and I hope that you have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow morning, Lord willing.